0: Everybody, welcome to Busy Living sober. We have new technology today. Hey Weezy. Hey Elizabeth. How are you? I'm
1: great.
0: So our topic this week is going on vacation where everyone is drinking. And what that feels like. I know for me, I just went to the Bahamas and everyone it was an all inclusive, everyone was drinking. It felt very uncomfortable. I also want to give a shout out to George because didn't George? Did you reach out to George Weezy? Yes. Tell us about that.
1: Well, he's going on a vacation on a cruise, and um, you know, he's just he he's just a little concerned about you know everybody drinking. Like he said the last podcast when you talked about your um, vacation in the Bahamas. So he um, just wanted us to talk about what it's like, I, I mean, I have my own experience after I got sober, and, and, and truthfully, you have so much more sobriety than I do, so, um, you know, if you're saying it's, it's um, uncomfortable, you know, that says a lot, because you've got a lot of time.
0: And it's still uncomfortable. Right. I mean, so when you went to Key West, how much time did you have?
1: I had, um, gosh, how much time did I have? Uh, well, I mean, I had... I had about eight months. Eight months, yeah. yeah.
0: And she went to Key West, which everybody knows Key West is like a place where everybody parties. Duval Street is like, I mean, is it anything but bars, restaurants, bar, restaurant, bar, restaurant, it's bar. all it is.
1: Now it's, 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 even, it's even worse because now it's bar, bar, <laughs> restaurant, t-shirt place, bar, bar, bar. Um, so... For me, now I'm thinking about it, it was, I had, it was 11 months because I was just around the corner from my year anniversary, so it was, it was, um, it was hard, not, not to say, it wasn't hard that I wanted, I wanted to drink, but, you know, when you're out by the pool and we were staying at a hotel and, you know, at 10 o'clock, people start to think about drinking. I did. So you know it's not a judgment, it's just it is what it is and and it was you know i found I went to meetings a um, couple of a couple of days I went to meetings, and that definitely helped um and I know they're everywhere, so I know they're on a cruise, and you know you can find them anywhere um and and I would say not to assume that. You're going to get through it without, I mean, you'll get through it, but I'm just, it's easier to just have that, you know, hour of reinforcement. Um, I felt like I just, I kind of escaped. And when I came back into that atmosphere again, being by the pool, having everybody drinking, you know, it wasn't in my face by any means, but it was there. And um, I wasn't exactly, I wasn't thinking how much I would like to have one, but you know, everybody acts differently and... (laughs) You know, by two, three o'clock, everybody's kind of winding down. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's different. But you know, for me, um, I, I just knew that I had to go to the meetings. And of course, you know, it's always nice to go to a, a meeting you've never been to. And in Key West, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get. So it was fun, and um, you know, so I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed going there to the meetings and I would I would recommend that to anybody going on vacation, whether you're in early sobriety or not, um, particularly in early sobriety because it really does help um, And there's there were enough people there were more than a handful of people that were there vacationing so you know you really can relate to them and vice versa so but for you, I mean what was it like?
0: Well, and the interesting thing that just bringing that up is that I did not go to a meeting and I could have, I'm sure there was one. I probably could have looked at, um, you know, it's called friends of bill. Like when you're looking in, I think if you look at an itinerary, it says like friends of bill meet at whatever, 5 PM on a cruise ship, or I would imagine at Atlantis, that's where I was. I would imagine there were meetings there, but I didn't take that opportunity to go to one, which now in hindsight being 2020, you know, I should have gone to one. Because I have to say, just being around it, for one, it makes me realize that I'm different, right? Because everyone that's there is there for a reason that they uh, they associate vacation with getting drunk, which I did too. Right? I mean, I was just I just actually spoke at a meeting where I talked about, you know, I remember even getting on a plane to go to California and it was a vacation. I don't even remember getting to California because I started drinking on the plane, you know, or maybe even in the airport. And I don't remember it. So so many people associate vacation with getting buzzed. Even these kids, like the only reason we went to Atlantis is because they could drink legally there. They could drink legally in the Bahamas. These weren't my kids, these were our friends' kids. Right. But um being around it makes at least made me feel like, all right, I have to be more alert and more aware of where I am and how I'm feeling inside my head. Because I, as I mentioned last week, you know, I smoked cigarettes because it was something I could control. It was like, all right, I'm going to smoke cigarettes rather than drink, obviously. So what that felt like, Being there and watching it and waking up in the morning with it on the wall and knowing that everybody was ordering drinks. Like I remember going to the bar, like they had a buffet, they had a buffet for every meal. So you went to the buffet and, you know, they had eggs and they had bacon and they had croissants and then they had other baked goods. And then they had a place where they were carving stuff and then they had a place where they were making omelets. But then there was the place with the juices and they had homemade like... They had, like, different concoctions, which I love, like ginger and and coconut and da-da-da-da that was really healthy. But then next to that was a bottle. They had bottles of champagne that you could mix, and they had bottles of vodka that you could mix with the... You could either, I guess, have a straight... I saw a woman, like, having champagne, and it was 8 o'clock in the morning. She had just gotten up, and she was having a champagne with her breakfast, And I see, I have, I still remember it. I still remember what the drink glass looked like. I mean, so it, the fact that I have as much time as I have, that's where the relevance doesn't come in because it doesn't matter. It's just one day at a time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you having 11 months and me having at that point, 12 and a half years and just going. And I remember, so like having to be on alert of what my feelings were. And that, how am I going to get through this? And I kind of got a little crabby. I noticed that I got a little crabby. And that I had to go walk away. And I needed to go take a walk on the beach. And I had to be where I was and feel the sand. And I went swimming. Because I remember, like, I just went in the ocean and I swam some laps. And that also gave me a sense of, like, okay, I'm just going to go breathe and be here. And breathing in the ocean, right? So, you have to, when you're swimming strokes, concentrating on what I was doing. And then... I felt better, but being around it for that many days, it was five days. And then walking through the casino, I remember like the bing, bing, bing. And now it's like nine o'clock in the morning and everybody's sitting at the craps table or the blackjack table or the roulette table and even at the slot machines. And they all had drinks with them. You know, they were drinking and they were gambling and they were smoking and it was 9 a.m. and just even the noise of the bing, 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 bing. And you know it's being pumped with the oxygen. And just feeling that sense of like that's what I used to do to escape. Like I used to get drunk and sit there and escape. And be in, it didn't matter what time of day it was. You know, there's no lights on in a casino no matter what day, time, time of day it is. So, you know, that feeling of like, oh my gosh. And I'd walk through there and I'd be like, this is so uncomfortable. And I was with someone I don't know very well, so she did not understand at all. She's like, what's the big deal? Like, like, do you think you could even have one glass of wine? And I'm like, I can't have one glass of wine. Like, I can't have one anything. Like, because I will go back to where I started. I mean, there's too many people that I've watched through this time. I guess it's the only best, like, the, one of the good things about being sober this long is that you see somebody that comes back after a relapse. And say, wow. That person comes back worse. I mean, I remember when you came back and it was like, oh my gosh, it gets worse. It doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I mean...
1: Yeah. And You know, as you're talking about the um, <clears throat> the casinos and, and all that, and I was thinking about George and what it would be like to... And I've never gone on a cruise. Um, but neither I, have I. But, you know, I can only imagine, it, you know, what it's like and I'm sure that the, you know... Um, well, I don't even know. I mean, I guess some people choose the all-inclusive where they can, you know, drink as much as they want. I guess what I would say to it is, for me, um, I, I guess where I started to make the distinction was that it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be in that environment because I wanted to drink. It was that it wasn't really my what i would choose to be around and i think that that's and it's unfortunate because there's i mean i'm sure there's sober cruises and i'm sure there's sober vacations and but um i just didn't enjoy being around especially late afternoon when everybody had already had plenty of cocktails just the silliness or the annoying you know, just the annoying factor of being, and, and, and let me say, I'm not judging, because I, I, I was right there. I, I was the one that drank. If I could have drank at 8 o'clock in the morning, I would have. And But it's just, you know, it just gets to a point where it, it is difficult. And, I, and like you said, with going into the water, anything you could do to just walk away from it, because you do get crabby. You, you get irritated, and for a lot of different reasons. I don't, you know, it could be that you do want to drink. It could be that you are annoyed with the people that are drinking because they're acting different. And um, so there's a lot of different things that, you know, for me right now, thankfully, and, and it could change. Um, and that's why we kind of live one day at a time. But for right right now, I, I really don't enjoy being around people that are drinking a lot. I just don't. Um, you know so that's where I'm at right now and it doesn't mean that I won't go on vacation because I mean as a matter of fact I have a trip to Ireland planned in August and I mean similar to Key West I mean when you think about Ireland you think about pubs and and I know that's going to be it's it's a school not a school function it's a sports function and and but I know a lot of the parents that will be there are probably excited to go to the pubs and and you know drink and be merry. And and I get it. I totally get it. But I'm already, you know, I've thought about where where I'm going to fit in. How am I going to fit in? Um, You know, if people know I don't drink, are they not going to really want to go to the pub with me? And I'll go, but you know, it's just, I have to find something else. I have to, you know, whether it's reading a book or taking a walk, anything, but I can't, I'm I'm not going to sit in a pub the whole time, but I will go in one. You know, similar to
0: just, you know... Walking through a casino. (laughs) You know, and I think with the all-inclusive thing, and I think that that's like going on a cruise. I know it's like an all-inclusive is like going to a cruise, I guess you would say, on land. Because it's like you pay for the whole thing. And a lot of people want to do that because they don't have to think about money. And it's there, and they don't have to be like, oh, I can only have this many number of drinks. Because I imagine Atlantis is not... You know, a lot of the places in the Bahamas and Nassau are not um, are not inclusive, and it's very expensive to drink. So if you went into an all inclusive, then you got you knew you were buying into everything. But the thing that I guess the one part that I want to just it's the it's the being on guard, which is exhausting, because it's like oh my gosh, you know I'm with somebody who is not we aren't on the same level when it comes to like I feel like sober people. We, we we have a little more depth, and so we want to get in, at least for me. I love to get deeper and have more meaningful conversations. So, oh, so we were here. I mean, there's obviously not a lot to see in NASA, but if you were going on a cruise or you're going to Ireland, there's things to see that you've never seen before. So you get to go on tours and take in all this stuff that you've never seen before. When you go to the beach or something and you're going to islands, that's all everybody's doing is drinking. And it's fun to go if you're on your honeymoon because, you know, half the time you're in your bedroom anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But when you're in a place that's just the beach and there's nothing else to do but drink and you're just sitting there on alert the whole entire time and you're like, it gets uncomfortable. And what do you do with that uncomfortableness? You swim, you go for a walk you take notice and you are aware of what you're feeling and you don't want to deny those feelings
1: well and also with with something like a cruise i know that they offer so many different things only from hearing that my sister and my father go on cruises and um and other people that i know do and they have you know classes and you know whether it's cooking class or you know meditation or whatever it is there's there's a uh, there's endless different classes that you know I guess if I were in that position and I were going on a cruise as much as I feel like I would be um, not trapped but just you know you're on a cruise and you you can't get off and so but but it sounds like from what I know and what I've heard that there are a lot of things to do um, that can occupy your time you know and just allow you to escape if you are feeling uncomfortable
0: right and i think that's taking advantage of those opportunities so before you go right before you even go it's like all right i'm gonna look at the itinerary i'm gonna see what they have each day that i and it's not to be you know i don't say go be like scheduled every minute of every hour of the whole entire trip because no you want to relax too but looking at that itinerary and saying okay this looks interesting i could do this this day this is what i'm gonna do to take care of me it's really taking care of yourself. How do you take... How does one take care of themselves? I know, like, for me, and sometimes my husband, like, we'll go get manicures and we'll go get pedicures. That takes two hours. So, that's two hours of your day. And then you're going to eat. And then for us, we go to a meeting. And But when I was there, I didn't do that. So, you know, I swam. And I went on these, like, I'd go and I'd find a walk to do. And we all know that, at least I've met, admitted here and on many places, that I love to shop. So, I get really into the shopping thing and if i don't know where you go into port but maybe there's places to go shop and there's things to see that you haven't seen before i know in ireland i'm sorry to say this but there's not a lot to buy there unless you want to buy a bunch of wool sweaters and and water for crystal you know there's not a ton of shopping but it is um it's so interesting that um, society is so into the drinking part. And it's getting comfortable in your own skin. I mean, I was actually talking to my husband about it last night. We were talking about going on a vacation. Like, if we went to... You know, people were talking to us about going to Normandy. And they had gone to Normandy with a, a group like that's from... Um, I, where were they? Smithsonian. And that they went and they had great tour guides and all the rest of it. But I know that there are sober vacations. And my husband and I were thinking, that would be really fun to go on a sober vacation. I know about, if people are interested, you can write to me. Because I have friends that have that take vaca- that take go on vacations with such groups. They take sober groups on vacation and sober cruises and that sort of thing. I think that would be fun.
1: Right. And, you know, I also, if, if I was in a situation going to you know on a vacation again whether it be a cruise or you know the bahamas or i i might make it a point to very early on if not the first day find the meeting and just see you might be so surprised at how many people are there and people that you could spend time with or you know, just associate with or or just even know that they're on the boat with you or they're in the, in the hotel with you, Wh- whatever it is, you know, that you just, you have that. I mean, that's what the whole thing is about, is being around the people, whether they're physically around you, right next to you, or they're just in the same environment, that you know that they're, they're going through the same thing you're going through, and that's that's huge.
0: Oh, it's huge. I have a lot of friends that go on this cruise that they have out of Fort Lauderdale. It's a gay cruise. And I have tons of friends that go on this each year and they all go to the meeting and then they all hang out together. And then they've made these friends. So they've been going for 20 years and they go to the same meeting, these people, and they go and they get together and they get on the cruise ship and they're like, Okay, well, we're going to go meet at the meeting in the morning and then... What are you doing later? And what are you doing later? And then you can find a group that you feel comfortable with. Just like you said. I mean, I think that getting around people that are like-minded is always easier. I think that when you go with people that their own agenda. I mean, there's going to be people like there were on my trip that were just there to get party. They were just there to get annihilated and not feel. And it's funny because people are like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Because of that, right? They right. Weren't.
1: Yeah, and I and I remember go, when I went to Key West. I said to myself, you know, if if you want to drink, if you if if you feel that urge and you do it, like, what is the alternative? The altern- the alternative is that I would drink and I would get drunk because I have no, you know, I can't, I can't stop at one or five or ten. That you know mid afternoon that's when it would start to go downhill you know i'd probably go to dinner but i won't remember any conversation that i had at dinner maybe not even remember how i got back to the hotel room and then wake up and feel so horrible so that's 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 my reality that is what will happen it's not it's it's it, you know it is it is what's going to happen if i drink and I'm on vacation, or if I drink tonight, it, it, it's, it's going to be the same story. No matter where I am, it, it just will be the same. So for me, I just know that I'd have to, you know, just reinforce that with myself all the time. And it does get easier because I'd never want to be at that. Up. I, I never, I don't want to be like the people that I see. And, and believe me, there's, st- there's still people that I see that are annoying um, that shouldn't be drinking. That's how I look at it. And and then there are other people that handle it fine and have a glass or two of wine and you would never even know it.
0: Well, it's interesting. And what you just talked about, like playing the tape, that's what you just described is playing the tape. Mm -hmm. It's like playing the tape in your head like, okay, this is what this is going to look like. Like I have to know that once I pick up one, where it's going to take me. Because I feel like getting sober... And I know we can both relate to this. So getting sober, it was like you tried everything. It was like that was the last thing you wanted to do. Like I wanted to do was get sober, right? So we had already tried everything. We had already tried like, okay, I'm only going to have white liquor or clear liquor, right? I'm only going to stay with vodka. I'm not going to go to the brown liquors if I just stay with vodka. Or I'm just going to have wine. I'm not going to switch. I'm just going to have white wine. I'm not going to change that. I'm just going to have white wine. Or, I'm just going to have beer. I'm just going to have beer. So knowing that, like, when you get to the point that you're saying, I need to stop drinking, you already know that you've tried everything in your brain on how to manipulate it so it would work.
1: Well, remember I said that I found all those bottles of the organic vodka. I mean, that was really towards... That was really towards the end, and I remember consciously going in there, into the liquor store, and looking at it and thinking that was a really good choice, <laughs> that it really was a good choice. It was healthier, um, you know. Maybe I'm not going to die as quickly because it's healthier. Um, but you know, I did the same thing with the beer, and you know, I tried so many different things. I can remember I was on a tequila kick just because it was less. It was less alcohol, but a faster buzz. And, you know, you just, I tried everything. Everything.
0: That's what I did. I tried everything. And it was like it never worked. So, like, the thought of even going and having one, like, at the point that we're at now, when you're like, okay, the gig's up. What am I going to do? What can I do differently? And it's like, all right, I've tried everything. So, my only choice is abstinence. So, here I am. I'm I'm barking on this trip that I know is going to be not very comfortable. I'm going to try it because I made a point that I said that I would go do this. I've already booked it. So, I mean, for the people that are out there, I will tell you this one story. I had booked a trip. I decided to get sober and I got sober in August. My ex-husband was getting remarried in September. And I had already booked a trip to Napa. Now, why do people go to Napa? You're not going to Napa to go shopping. You're not going to Napa to see what the grapes look like that are growing on the tree. I'm not an organic farmer, so I wasn't going to learn how to plant things so that they were organically planted correctly. I was going because I wanted to go drink wine. And I wanted to get obliviated. But now i am decided to get sober and I get there. And luckily, I talk to the people around me. That is another big key, I believe, for me, is like being honest with the people that I'm around. That five-day trip I just went on, I mean, luckily, I I, I didn't know the person very well. I, I, I Luckily, I did have 12 and a half years, and so I had a little bit of sobriety behind my ba- belt. But I, when I did it, the, when I did go away, when I was brand new sober and I went to Napa, I said to my friend before I got there, I'm like, okay, I just want to let you know um, I've quit drinking. And she was like, okay, well, I've got ya. And she's like, I know where meetings are. I know where I can take you. I know, like, I definitely had a plan. And it's like when you know that you live in Tornado Alley or you know you live in a hurricane's place, you know that you have an escape plan. And that is what I will say to George and anybody out there that's listening. Like, if you're planning on going on a vacation and you know without a doubt that there's going to be drinking, what is your plan? How are you going to do this? And I don't want you to say that you're going to play out every place of like where you're going to sit, what you're going to order to eat. I'm just saying when these feelings come up that you feel uncomfortable, what are you going to do about it?
1: Right. And And I used to, when people used to tell me in very early sobriety, you know, if you wherever you go, drive yourself. And I and I actually I was pretty critical of that because I thought who well, you know that's just ridiculous. I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna go with whoever I'm going to the event with or to the party or dinner with. Um, I can stick it out. I can wait an extra hour if I have to, and even if I want to go home. But I did it, and I started to to take that a little more seriously and realize that they they're there's a reason why people say to do that just like everything else I've discovered. Um, you know, that it's, it's so much It just going there. And even if you don't leave, knowing that you can, I think is, is what is so comforting. Um, it's to have a plan. And like you said, you don't have to <clears throat> write the whole thing out, but, but at least you have an out, at least if you're uncomfortable. And you don't even know what's going to make you uncomfortable. It can be something completely different than what we're talking about or just, you know, something that kind of is, is a trigger that you weren't expecting. Um, so I just think it's, it's safer to wherever you are on vacation or on, even just, you know, on a, on a weekend where you're going to someone's uh, party that you have an out and you have a a way to get to a place on your own to just be by yourself or do something to you know occupy your time it's just it's it's uh, it's so important because it's it could be seconds and that's why I've always said about you know just even calling you you know in the beginning when I was having so many squirrely moments so many Um, I would have the first time around I would have isolated and I wouldn't have called and I would have thought I could get through it if I just if I go completely under my covers and and just hide you know I can't drink or if I wait till after 9 I can't get to the liquor store because they're closed but you know, I even I even circumvented that by making sure that I got the box wine that had you know how many bottles on the side of the box that say it has in it. I mean, I felt like I, I it was just like a you know security blanket knowing I had this big box that had five bottles of wine in it. Um, you know, it, it, I I don't know. I I just think it's it's important. Um, To at least think it through enough that you have a place to go, that you have, you know, somewhere, somewhere where you can go um, and leave if it's uncomfortable.
0: And it's interesting because I think that for the beginning, at least for me and maybe, and I kind of heard this in what you were saying in that, you know, I felt like it was selfish, right? I can't take care of me. So I have to have my own car. I can't, I have to be like a team player. Come on, everybody's doing it. I have to go do it. I'm, I can't take care of me. Because that's selfish. Like, I should be there for everybody else. I was never... I never took care of me. I always wanted to make sure everybody else around me was okay. I mean, I, I did it this past weekend. We had a... We went out for a fireworks party. And I wanted to make sure all my guests were okay. We're, these ones are over here. And these people are over here. Is everybody okay? Instead of me just sitting back and enjoying myself. And knowing that each person can take care of themselves. They're all adults. But I took it upon myself because I'm a people pleaser and that's like, I don't know if it's a character defect or what it is, but I am a people pleaser. And so that whole thing of like taking care of myself and making sure that I'm okay, I'm okay, is something that I was not raised with. I was not raised with being sure that I'm okay. So taking care of me and making sure that I'm okay and looking at it is not as something selfish but something that is selfless because I'm actually taking care of me
1: right and, and and then there's another part to it that that I experienced and I think I recognized this um, it, it took some time but I also thought that you, you know you, you want it when you get sober the the one of the very first things I wanted was for everybody to get off my back and to stop if I didn't call back and in, in a certain amount of time that didn't, that didn't mean I got drunk and I was somewhere you know that 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 you just want people off your back and so for me I was always a little apprehensive to have those plans and to make them known because I felt that people would look at me as though well she's still very vulnerable like she's not she hasn't gotten it yet. I mean, this you know, she's she's not there yet. Because if she was, she wouldn't have to have a backup. She wouldn't have to worry about drinking because she's recovering. But it's really not that because, like you say yourself, I mean, we have eleven years. We're eleven years apart in our sobriety, and we still deal with the same thing. So, you know, it, it's not a weakness. It's not a. Uh, you know, she's not sure that she's she's really ready to be a recovering alcoholic. Um, it's just it's it's being responsible. It's being responsible for yourself. It's, you know, it's like preventative maintenance. it's pre- you know just it's it, it's just looking out for yourself and knowing that there could be something that triggers you. there could be something and and so, know that it could happen and if it could happen be prepared
0: right and I even think that the, especially today in today's world and this and what's going on politically I mean that's craziness and if you believe in one thing or you believe in the other and because I feel like today people are so I think social media has done this is people are so likely more likely than I think ever before to come out and tell you what they what they feel about one way or the other, either the, the, they're a Democrat or they're Republican or whatever they are, and they, they're very passionate about their feeling it to the point where they want to share it or like shove it down someone else's throat, where it feels totally uncomfortable. And at least for me, I don't like to go and talk about what I my beliefs are because I don't believe it's anybody's business. It's mine, and I'm not going to talk about it. But I know that when I'm around people that get really passionate about it, it feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be on the defensive, like why I believe what I believe and why I don't drink. Why do I have to explain it to somebody? And those conversations can make you feel like I just want to go pick up a drink because I'm so mad about what just went on and having to having to defend myself.
1: Yeah. And, and and one of the things that and I know everybody's different and I've said this so many times and 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 that's why I think the, the beauty of of the meetings are that you know people that are very concerned with their anonymity have a safe place to go on the other hand i am you know i think the furthest thing from anonymity and i think there's a part of me that feels like it's really helped me even even at dinner time i mean there's times when my friends probably look at me and think you didn't really have to say that or you didn't really need to tell the waitress or the waiter that you're recovering but you know I, it's like kind of self-deprecating where I and I I try to be funny about it, but it does help me a little bit because I will tell any waiter or waitress that comes over to you know do you want you know a glass of wine or, you know I will tell them you know you, you don't want to serve me or you know I've I've had my share or I've been overserved and you know my whole life and, and so I think that it creates a little bit of a levity that that makes me feel comfortable versus. When I used to be so, you know, tight-lipped about it, and I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people. And I, and I, and I appreciate and I respect everybody's thought and, and you know, what they do about it, and whether you know, you you certainly wear it on your sleeve, you know, I do as well, and other people don't, and, and I don't know if that makes a huge difference out there, but but for me, I know that being able to talk about it. Nine times out or eight times and nine times out of 10, I'm talking to someone who might be either A, recovering themselves, or B, has someone that they, you know, that they love that's in recovery. And so all of a sudden it becomes this huge positive thing that you weren't even expecting.
0: And isn't it interesting? I wanted to bring up another point that I keep thinking about. It keeps going in my head. And I'm like, when you are going and you're traveling, and even when you go out for dinner, and you're with your loved ones, I know that you've experienced this. I didn't really experience this. But having someone else tell your story. I oh remember my when. <laughs>
1: oh, don't get
0: me started. That's what I wanted to do. I, look at that. I hit a trigger. But I knew that. So if you're going on a vacation and you're with your spouse or your loved one or your family member, I know that you've been to dinners. I remember you were going, I can't remember what it was for. It was for your dad's birthday or you were going to an Italian restaurant and it was in New Jersey and you got there early and your dad and I think your sister were like, she doesn't drink, she doesn't drink, she doesn't drink. And how uncomfortable that pushed you to because.
1: That makes me want to drink that's what makes me want to drink is when I have what I'm watching I'm watching the whole time I, I can see it and and you know god bless them they, they just want to make sure that I'm comfortable but they don't realize they don't realize that it's actually making it the whole thing worse and for me it at least I don't want I feel like immediately I'm in a diaper I mean I just feel like I, I, I should be <laughs> like it just, I feel so. It's so small and so i uh, uh, pathetic and so maybe that is why I have over time become much more vocal because i just if i put it out there then it, it kind of lays the groundwork like now i don't have to worry about it anymore nobody's going to you know they don't my dad doesn't have to you know motion to the waiter to take the the empty wine glass in front of me i can actually i can eat my dinner and enjoy myself with an empty wine glass in front of me it's not going to kill me it's not going to make me want to drink um but but everybody around you gets so worried and uncomfortable for what they think is your being uncomfortable which isn't you know the the only uncomfortable part is when people start to worry about you or tell the story or I mean it's crazy it is crazy I mean we do laugh about it in my family because it still happens now um but I feel like I I kind of I I get in front of it now um so I, I just, but that is a huge thing and it, and it makes you crazy.
0: It right. It makes me crazy. Right. Like, so when you're going on this thing, it's like making sure you're honest. I mean, this woman that I was with, I mean, luckily she didn't say to anybody, she might have said one thing, like she doesn't drink. Cause again, at this restaurant, they'd always bring around red, do you want red or do you want white? And I'd be like, I don't want any. Thank you. you can you get me a bottle of Pellegrino? I'll have a glass of Pellegrino. In a wine glass with a lemon because it just makes me feel better. That's just what I like. And um, But having somebody else tell your story, it's, again, setting that boundary, too. It's like before you go, it's like, I got this. I'm a grown-up. This is my thing. I can handle myself.
1: Right. And, and so to that, I think that it, it is a great idea, and I'm going to actually do it myself, but I think it is a great idea that whether it's George, whether I don't know who he's going with, whomever, um, that you, you don't have to make a big deal of it. You know, it could even be a group text that you send out prior to, you know, even that morning, whatever, that you let people know, please do not, I mean, set your boundaries. Please do not at all feel like you have to speak for me or, you know, give a heads up to a waiter or a waitress, stop, just don't do any of that. I am so capable of handling myself on my own without anybody helping me. Um, And that might just help you know, so that you're not always anticipating that, you know, the next, I mean, and, and since they drink at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it could be three times a day that you'd have to sit there wondering who's going to say what, who's going to pull the waiter to the side, who, you know, I've almost, you know, thought that my dad has talked to them prior to me even getting there, um, you know, if he's familiar and friendly with the, the owner, the waiter, the waitress, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him to to have given them a heads up. Where it's like,
0: where this is our disease and we want to own it ourselves and we want to take care of ourselves and we want to make sure that we're okay and being okay with ourselves is setting those boundaries and saying, okay, if I don't feel comfortable and you're sitting there at dinner and you're having a really great time and dessert has already been served and you're sitting there and now you're like many cups into your booze or whatever it is, your wine or whatever it is, you might say, you know what, at that point, if you want to stay, you can stay. But I'm going to go. And it means I I have no feelings of, I I don't dislike you. This doesn't make me hate you. This doesn't make me think you're a jerk. But I'm going to take care of me. And I'm going to go, I might go see a movie. I might go see a whatever, a show that's going on on the cruise ship or a show that's going on in the casino. And I'm going to go do that rather than saying that you have to go because I'm going. Like I'm a grown-up. I'm gonna go because I'm tired and I don't want to hear this anymore. And I'm bored. And it has nothing to do with you because you might be interested in this conversation, but I'm over it already. And I'm gonna get up and go now.
1: Well, and, and people are uncomfortable. I can, My dad is having a. Um, he's having a cruise for to celebrate his birthday this on Fourth of July, and uh, um, it just. It, he was giving me the itinerary, and he was he was really excited to tell me but a lot of it has to do with drinking when you get on the and he would start to describe and he'd say you get on the boat and you'll be greeted with your you know cocktail or whatever it was but as he was saying it he he stopped himself you know midway you know almost feeling like he couldn't tell me that because i wasn't going to be able to participate whereas it's just telling me the story of how the night's going to look i certainly can hear someone say that there's going to be cocktails served at this you know this time and then there's going to be you know nightcaps at this time and whatever it is you know it's just but people it's it's it is you just kind of kind of break through that you know and and just and just be vocal about it I think that's really helpful as we're talking I'm realizing how helpful that is and that's something that I'm going to do in the future you know, even if you, and you're going to have to reinforce it, it could be the same crowd you vacation with every single year. And it might be every single year that you have to make the same speech, but so be it, you know, if you can avoid that uncomfortable feeling, it's worth
0: it. It is because it's not, nobody else made us get drunk. Mm-mm. That's the thing. And people want to take responsibility for being like, well, you know, maybe if I hadn't gone this way and done this thing or done that thing, it's like, dude, I'm an alcoholic. It's just a reality. It's like, I cannot process alcohol like other people. I have been predisposed to being an alcoholic, and I can't have any. So, when you're having your champagne toast, I get it. I'll get a glass, and I'll be like, do you have any sparkling apple juice? Or maybe I'll make sure that if it's somebody I love that's having a party, hey, or I'll bring it myself. Like, all right, you're going to do the champagne toast? Here's my sparkling Martinelli's to have when you guys are having your champagne toast.
1: Well, (laughs) can I just tell you that? I... I I don't think we brought this up, but when I had gone to my ex-mother-in-law's service for a funeral, which was months and months after she had passed, and, um, but there was, I forget what drink it was, that I mean, the shot that she liked. Was, so anyway, they had had, everybody had one at their table, at their place setting, the shot. And when they, when the person got up to say, you know, everybody has a shot of, let's say, said at their, you know, at their place setting, I looked around, and my entire table, not one person had a shot, and everybody's holding them up, and people are looking around, and granted, my kids were there, and, and they wouldn't have had one anyway, but, you know, my ex-husband had already told the waiter to not put any down at the table, <laughs> but as if I would have, it would have been a problem or I don't know what he was thinking. I would have drank them all. I, I, I don't know. But it was just that feeling of, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. You know, all these people now can't have their shot and enjoy themselves that aren't alcoholics because of me. <laughs> it just made it ten times worse. So it's hard. Nobody well, knows what to do.
0: Nobody knows what to do. And they think that, like, if you – I mean, I think that most people have – I don't know if this is true, but I would say that most people have, like, at least $5. Let's say you have $5. And if you have $5, you can go and buy something at the liquor store. It might not be something good, but it's definitely alcohol. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I can get, if I want to drink, I'm going to drink. And that's what people don't get. Like, if if I want to drink, I don't care if I'm at a funeral, if I'm at an all-inclusive restaurant, if I'm at a resort, if I'm on a cruise ship. I can afford to buy myself a drink. It has nothing to do with the alcohol. It has to do with me and my feelings inside me. And I've got to take care of me. I don't need everybody else here to take care of me. I'm a grown woman. But I also want you to know that if I want to have a drink, I'll go. You aren't going to stop me. That's <laughs> that the reality. <laughs> like, nobody can stop us, right?
1: right? exactly. Those shots on the on the table was not going to be the story of my relapse. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs>
0: And that's the thing that we have to, like, that's what I think the taking ownership does. It gives us the ability to say, this is me. I am an alcoholic. I mean, I am an alcoholic. It was interesting because today, you know, I was, when I spoke this morning or this afternoon, whatever, I talked about when I read there's this book and it's called Alcoholics Anonymous and it's a big book. We call it a big book. And in it is this chapter and it's called The Doctor's Opinion. And in The Doctor's Opinion, it talks about the allergy that the alcoholic has. And if you're out there and you don't go to 12-step meetings, if you just can at least read that, you can find it on the internet. Just be like, put in a, a doctor's opinion. Because I can tell you that it is really helpful. And it was helpful for me because once I could say, all right, I see it in my family tree. And some people don't see it in their immediate family tree and they have to go out generations or generations. And, but somewhere along your tree you have it. I mean, 9 out of 10 people have it. And being able to identify the fact that, okay, I got this just like I got my brown eyes. Maybe not my blonde hair because it's us face it, I dye my hair. So, but I did get this alcoholic gene, right? And so I can say, okay, I see where and my grandmother's had it. So now I got it from my grandmother's. Okay, so that I can say, all right, fine. So I'm not that crazy and I'm not that weird because somebody else in my family had it. So I have it. I know I've tried to drink like a normal person. Well, by the way, which, what, what is normal to me is a piece of white Wonder Bread, which is so boring, and I'm not normal. But I don't know anybody who is. But I can't process alcohol normally, like whatever normal that is again. But I can't process it. I get drunk. It's just not a, it's not a question. It's not a question if I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get drunk. I. You give me a drink, I'm going to get drunk. It just <laughs> happens. I'm not going to be like sipping my little drink. No, I have this sip, and I'm like, ah feels so good i get that buzz for 10 seconds and i want to chase it and then guess what i wake up the next morning going i don't remember anything so that's getting that identifying and saying this is me i'm an alcoholic i can't drink i'm can't drink i just can't i have one i have 47. i am waking up tomorrow i could fall off the ship i could you know i have a really good friend and I'm not going to say his name, but he's in Florida. And if he's listening, because I know he listens to this all the time. He went on a vacation with his partner. And they went on a cruise ship. And they, and he was overserved. He's an alcoholic, so he got really drunk. And his partner was like, oh my God, he's going to fall off the boat. Like he's so, that's the other thing, like you think about. You're on a cruise ship. Can you imagine? If you fall off a cruise ship, you're like, why. That's it. I'm with the swimming with the fishes, literally. I mean, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's what happens for me. Like I fall, I dance on bars. I do things that I would never do normally. Because that's what happens when I drink. It's over. Like all regular, normal, whatever it is, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. I become something else. I am uh, dancing on bars. I'm doing like kissing people I probably shouldn't be kissing. I'm doing things like that that I am totally wake up the next morning with total shame. And I do things that I would not do normally. And I don't want to ever do that. So owning the fact that I am an alcoholic and I can't have one gives me so much freedom to tell people that. I mean, it totally feels like, ah. And I know there's a lot of people that are listening that would not feel comfortable doing it. As we talked about the anonymity, you talked about the anonymity piece. And the anonymity piece being like, oh my God, people are going to look at me differently when I tell them that I'm an alcoholic. But then you also mentioned that when you do tell someone, nine out of ten times... The person that you tell has someone in their life that's going through it if it isn't them.
1: Exactly. I mean, it, it never fails. Like I, I always, even the times when I've been nervous to tell somebody or um, I, I just recently, um, you know, was interested in, in doing this volunteer work. And, you know, I just, I, uh, I was just worried about, you know, just saying that I was... Recovering, and I felt that it was, you know, it was pretty important that I said that, and it was a huge part of me. And um, when I said something, you know, she said that her, you know, I think it was four out of the five siblings were recovering alcoholics. Um, so that went on to a whole nother conversation, which was, it was. Not what I was expecting. And it was... it is just was... It was wonderful. We had this... Like, almost a two-hour conversation.
0: Yeah. It just... You never know where it's going to take you. And it's... Owning it. It's just so empowering. It's like... it's it takes the shame. Because there's so much shame. At least there was for me. And I know there was for you. So much shame associated with the drinking. Right? Mm-hmm. There's like such... Oh. It's so debilitating, the shame. I mean... We just saw someone that we know that's been trying to get sober for a really long time and she's definitely not sober and it was apparent when we just saw her the other night and that feeling that you saw in that person's eyes was just, oh my god, I could feel the pain. And that shame that we felt, it's like the empowerment to go the other way and say, you know what, that was me. I was an alcoholic and today I'm an alcoholic that's in long-term recovery. That, being able to own that, it's like all the people that are coming out, Tim Allen, Bradley Cooper, I mean, that article that was in Vanity Fair that Bradley Cooper wrote that like the most important day was when he finally decided that he couldn't drink anymore, that he, his relationship with alcohol was not good, that gave him so much power, right, because, and I don't mean power like you're better than anyone or you're worse than anyone. I mean, that's another thing that alcohol, like that used to be the thing. It used to sum me up like I'm either better than you or I'm worse than you. It could never be like we're all on the same playing field, even though we all are, you know? And so going on these vacations and then feeling that sense of like, you know what? I don't drink anymore. That's pretty awesome. And even if you only have one day, two days. Like, that is not, like, we aren't supposed to be like that. And every day that you get, I you know, I was talking this morning also about this thing. You know, when I was raised, and I'm going to go into this for a minute. You know, both my grandmothers were alcoholics. And everybody in my family knew that they were alcoholics. And they would talk about them. And they'd talk about them. But there was never a solution, right? They're going to die like that. That was it. You're going to die a drunk. You're not going to get sober. This is it. This is your life. You're either going to kill someone or you're going to die of your alcoholism. You're never going to get better. There was no solution. Like being an alcoholic meant a life that's going to be miserable. Nobody's going to like you, but there's no way out. That's it. You're just going to die drunk. Instead of going, oh my gosh, there is a solution out there. I don't have to do this anymore. And today, it's getting more and more acceptable to be able to say,
1: I'm an alcoholic. And not be treated differently. You know. It's funny. Yesterday, I was, my kids and I were talking about, I, I said to them, what is, what is the one thing about yourself that you wish people didn't think of you in other words people reacting to you because they think you are this type of person so we all said what we think the other person we helped each other come up with the one thing and mine was sensitive my daughter's was Sassy, and then my son was. Well, we said rage, but uh, let's just water that down a little bit. But then he, he had a little anger issue. Um, and so I said to them, Let's from, from now on, as long as we can do it, let's assume that we aren't those people and let's talk to each other as if we aren't, let's react to each other as if we're not those people. And it really makes a difference because they won't say certain things to me or talk to me a certain way because they view me as being sensitive. But if they don't, you know, it changes things. And I I bring that up just because of what we're saying with, you know, how we want to be treated. You know, I don't want to look like a leper at a a table at a restaurant, that I'm the only one that has to be, you know, that, that be treated differently. That they rush to get the glass away from me so I don't see it. Or the wine bottle can't be set down close to me. Or it might be too tempting. You know, that kind of thing. Let me be my own person. Let me just deal with that.
0: And being my own person for so long was so hard, wasn't it? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You didn't want to be you. At least I didn't want to be me. No. Because I was a drunk. I mean, I literally was a drunk. I mean, I couldn't go out without getting drunk. And... I still cannot forget that and I don't think hopefully by the grace of God I won't ever forget that that is what when I drink alcohol I'm a drunk there's nothing there's nothing different from me than the guy that's in the street that's like panhandling people who's drunk at that time there's no difference it's just that I have that day of being sober and that's what the, where the gratitude comes in yeah Right? So, it's like being grateful that I'm going on this trip. So, I was grateful that I went on this trip. The water in NASA, I have to say, was absolutely stunningly beautiful. I mean, I was walking in the ocean and there were fish right there. I didn't even have to put a mask on. I didn't have to put on a snorkel. I just went there and they were swimming by my feet. And that is like what I was grateful for. So, it's each day finding something that you're grateful for.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, it's pretty... um, awesome stuff but it's getting it's being okay with you being okay with you and it takes time it takes time and sometimes you have to do it one day at a time one minute at a time being okay with the fact that I can't drink and I'm going to go put myself in the situation I chose to put myself in the situation no one made you go you made the choice to go and now that you're there what are you going to do about it how are you going to be okay? What things do you need? And sometimes it takes a little introspectiveness. Like we were just talking about, like realizing that I'm going to have to say to my family, like, don't go call the freaking restaurant before I get there. And tell them that I'm an alcoholic. Because guess what? I can go tell them myself. I mean, are they going to expect somebody to walk in with, like, walking <laughs> like... <laughs> With rollers in her hair. Or I don't know. With some crazy outfit that you're going to be special. Like it's. We're not any special. Or you can't tell an alcoholic from not an alcoholic. Unless they're in their addiction. When you're in your addiction. You can see it. Fortunately or unfortunately. But it is. Uh, living this life today. Is a life that's beyond your wildest dreams. But it's making sure that you own it. And that you love yourself for it. And. If nobody else gives you accolades, give yourself some, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like be like, all right, I'm going to be on this vacation. And if I make it through this vacation, you know, I'm going to buy myself a bauble, which I did. You know, I did this. So what am I going to do for myself while I'm here? I'm going to maybe do something a little special that I normally wouldn't do at home. I'm gonna buy a piece of jewelry. I wouldn't normally buy myself a piece of jewelry or buy your wife a piece of jewelry or buy your husband a piece of jewelry or buy your partner a piece of jewelry. But do something. Or
1: treat yourself to a massage every day. That you know, certainly, you know, you would have you would have spent that amount of money on, on, you know, alcohol without you know, blinking an eye. So why not pamper yourself?
0: Right. Pamper yourself. That's something that we don't do. We don't we think of that as being selfish again. Instead of thinking of it being like, oh my gosh, this is a really nice thing I'm going to do for me. Just for me today. It's going to make me feel good. So I really think that's an awesome thing. Just make sure you take care of you. That's the most important thing. And don't pick up a drink no matter what. Right? Exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And keep getting busy living soba.